0: Welcome back in. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. DJ's off today spending some quality time with the fam. I'm PK running the show. The whole gang will be back together on Monday morning, at which time we'll be talking about a lot of wins. I think 3-0 in football, and the Jazz got an opportunity to go 2-0 and this weekend. You got tonight against the Pelicans and tomorrow night against the Pelicans. Both of them are at home Pelicans 4-16. and 16. you got to win. I mean, they're not must-wins for postseason or anything about that, but you don't want to be losing to these inferior teams, particularly as we see how the Suns and Warriors, man, Suns won like 14 in a row, Warriors 16-2. don't want to fall too far behind, do you? No, I don't think so. I think you want to get going. And continue get going. Get on a little bit of a streak yourselves, man. I'm still waiting. I've been talking about this with DJ for a couple of weeks now. I'm still waiting on a 20-game stretch for them to go 17-3. and <clears throat> The talent's there. Uh, no reason why they don't. Just really zero reason uh, for them. That ball game the other night, uh, what, Wednesday against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City playing without Alexander, their best player. And still went down to the wire. Does that give you concern? Down to the wire without their best player? Eh, not so much. To me, they won. Okay, joining us now is David Locke. He comes to us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner. Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. 877-346-3333. And as always, Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Mr. Locke, how the heck are you on this Thanksgiving Friday? I'm
1: a happy person. So... Oh, was I not on yet? You are now. I said, I am great because I got to ski yesterday, and I'm a very, very simple person. And if I get to ski, I'm very happy.
0: How was it up there? How are the conditions?
1: Um, I was stunned. Alta's actually really good. I, um, I actually had kind of a funny day planned. I, I was flying solo for Thanksgiving. My wife and daughter are in uh, California, and my son is training in Maine, so... Um, there was no friends for David. So, um, I was like, you know what? I'll just go and ski Alpha for a few runs, make sure my pass works, go to Solitude, ski a few runs, make sure my pass works, come home to Park City, take a few runs, make sure my pass works. It'll be fun. I'll ski three resorts. It'll be kind of something different. Da, da, da. That was like my grand plan. I got to Alpha. It was like legitimately good. And so I never left. Oh. Ah. Okay. So, yeah, so that changed the day a little bit. It was great. Um, snow was good. Snow was soft. Snow was, so, yeah, I'm happy. All good. How are you, PK? Oh, no one's man. To us. No one's listening to us. It's like, they're, unless they're <laughs> out Black Friday shopping already, like, seriously, let's be honest. Like, the only people listening to this show today are um, going to be people that are listening as a, uh, on the podcast version of it of some sort, right? Like Okay. No one else is really up at 8 o'clock this morning. So you and I can just hang out, we can update each other on our lives, I can find out how you really are, all that good stuff. <laughs> I'm coming
0: along, still trying to fool them uh, from the last time I was on the radio. <laughs> you're
1: really do- good at fooling, though. Actually, either, <laughs> you know, either one of two things, by the way. Either you're really good at fooling people, or you're actually just pretty good. I don't know. It's interesting to me. You you might have to give up on this whole, like, I I hate to tell you this, but the whole bit about being not very good and fooling them, like, you might have to give up on that. Like, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. So, Uh, like, the implication of fooling people at this point, you've made a lot of fools. So you might really want to just go back to the old PK, which is, like, I'm beeping awesome, screw you, I'm taking names, and I'm the best.
0: Okay, I'll give that a shot. Uh,
1: but okay. see, but for me,
0: sports has always been interesting, because did you, did you happen to see that Nick Saban rant that he did? I think it was uh, Wednesday. On his, no. uh, uh, he went off on basically fans making too big of a deal about this and it's out there you can said, look it up said by
1: the guy said by the guy making 9 million a year i know i know i know but
0: you know he was trying to bring it back that these are college kids and oh, and all this stuff and and we see it we see it every year every sport all the time people get almost to the point of too into it and i've I love sports. It's my number one hobby by far. It's how I was struggling as a kid to learn to read. And uh, my aunt, who was a teacher, she was a nun, she was a teacher. She told my mother, "Give him sports books to read. He loves sports." I mean, I'm you know I'm five six years old, and they already knew, so they bought me all these sports books. I I, I remember like doing a, a uh, book report on Willie Mays, right? And even though he was done playing, he became my favorite player. So I I was obsessed by sports. But yet I've rarely been obsessed by the outcome of sports. And I think that's what Sabin was talking about, that try to find perspective. And we see it sometimes with fan behavior, and we see this yelling and the Jazz have had it. Not that their their fan base is unique in that regard, but they've t- think people have taken things over the top. And for whatever reason, I've never taken results over. Over the top. I love the competition of it all. Enjoy it, but don't obsess about the results of it. So I think that's where I fool people because of most of our listeners, they're obsessed with the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, the Jazz. You know what I'm talking about?
1: All right, so I got a bunch of thoughts on this. Let's start with the first one. Nick Saban, take your $9 million and shut up. <laughs> like, a lot of people can have this conversation about it, and I think it's a worthwhile conversation, but Nick Saban's not one of them. Right. Okay. Like you bank your 9 million because of the obsession. Don't complain about it. Like it's True. really ridiculous. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. And what it really is, is I want to sit in my glass house with my 9 million a year. And the minute you criticize me, you're obsessed. That's what that is from Nick Saban. So that's got to go. Like you can praise me, praise me, praise me, show parade to me buy me dinner, give me cars, don't criticize me, now you're obsessed. That's what that is from Nick Saban. Let's be perfectly clear. Now, the next item is actually not a sports issue, it's a life issue, right? We're, we obsess with our politics, we obsess in some ways with our music, we obsess with our stars, our Kardashians, we obsess with our athletes. Like, that's human existence, I think, is trying desperately and consistently to find identity and the world's not great on us. This is probably deeper than you wanted, but it's where I am this morning. Um, The world's not particularly easy for us to find our identity in the midst of all that's going on. And so we use these outside vehicles for identity. And, And a great example of this is if you've read any studies And we're seeing it right now, frankly, with the vaccine. So for those people that have made their identity right now, this is not a, well, I can, I'll criticize you for that some other time, but this is not a criticism of that. For those people who have not taken the vaccine right now, they've put their flag in the ground on this. This has become, there's actually, the studies show, no information that you can give these people to change their opinion. To me, this is actually no different than Penn State football. I can't imagine how anyone can support Penn State football. They literally allowed a child abuser to exist in their offices knowingly and willingly in the name of having a good defense for a decade. And you're going to wear a Penn State sweatshirt to a football game? Seriously? Seriously? Right. Like this is the same concept that once you put a flag in the ground as your identity, as a human, it's almost impossible to get someone to bend. We can do I can offend everyone here because this isn't like a criticism of people. This is a statement of fact. I mean, frankly, if you're Catholic. Right. I mean, it's pretty hard to imagine what's gone on in the Catholic Church and you're still following it. The same thing for frankly every church. And the same thing for every political party, in the same, but yet we, those, like, you know it, PK, you know every single time you have a controversial topic on the air, someone's fandom will dictate where they are on the issue. It'll have nothing to do with the issue, it's, oh, I'm a Ute, so I'm going to brutalize that kid who transferred earlier this year. It had nothing to do with the issue of whether he had the right to transfer, it was that he hurt the Utes. So when you line up your personal identity, which is, again, this is why, because society is brutal and it's hard, and finding who you are is really, really hard, and that's what you then use. You're not willing to bend, and so that's where the obsession comes from. I did wrap this all the way around. This was coming to the same place. And so okay. that's, that's where this comes from. It's not sports. It's not, again, Nick Saban shouldn't be the one. It's just life. It's just hard. Then how come I never bought into that? So it's just funny. As I was thinking about it. My wife never did either. So, um, I mean, how much do you want me to play Dr. Phil on you right now? <laughs> I mean, I can you. do it. Like, I know you pretty damn well. <laughs> like, all right, you ready? You went through some tumultuous early years. You found your identity a little bit with an item in your life that you added and then this had more tumultuous things that kind of bounce you around. But because you had that grounding, you've had, you've known what's important to you and who you are. And that's been your identity rather than these things. I would also say if I'm really playing Dr. Phil, this show is your identity. And so that gives you're fortunate in life that you have a job and an existence that gives you, a value identity. Most people don't have that. Like my identity is clearly now part of being a play-by-play announcer and uh-huh. calling games and doing that, and that's part of who I am. And if I didn't have that, then I would probably be on the same search that a lot of other people are. And so, for those of us that actually have a grounding and are fortunate enough to have a life and an existence that is beyond, you know, abnormal, that you have either positively or negatively an identity out of your work. Ideally, it's out of your family, but. Most people don't get that. They need something else. Then you don't probably fall out. You're not as susceptible to it. I mean, we can, you know, movements in society and in all societies are really like just into my sociology, political science today. Wow. You know, look what happens when I have Thanksgiving by myself and don't have anyone to talk to for like (laughs) an hour yesterday. Uh, I mean, I literally like was by myself all day yesterday. Now you ask me two questions, but I won't shut up. I feel sorry. I'm going to the gym right now. I feel sorry for the people in the gym. I'm going to be like that little obnoxious little pain in the ass. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Hey, how's your workout going? What's your name? Where do you work? Uh, um, but, right, like if you look at any movement, the movements, the most movements come out of the elite leading the non-elite in because the non elite need identity. I mean Trumpism is identity. There's no question that's given people identity. And somebody who's on their side and rooting for them when and doing you know, and they believe that they're he's doing things for them when the rest of society has forgotten them. That's the major, that's the majority of Trumpism. It's the same thing if you look at every major movement and revolution anywhere. Hitler is the exact same thing. You know, the Germans have been Torn apart by the Treaty of Versailles, and they don't have any identity, and they've been ripped away in their strength. And he gives them personal identity and natural national pride with all the wrong reasons, but that's what why people sell for it, and because it gave them that identity. So it's, it, this is all the same thing. Like, it's tribalism. That's Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth. Like, how far do you want me to go, PK? I'm on right now.
0: <laughs> You're going. You're going. Okay. How about this? Uh, how legitimate are the Suns and
2: Warriors?
1: Neither of us played a particularly strong schedule. I think the Suns have a real background that shows that they're legitimate. Um, they really, you know, they have some basic offensive sets that are unguardable that they run, That you know, same way we do. Um, so they're really legit. I mean, I think they were legit last year. I think they're legit this year. They're, they've got a collective identity. There was going to be the big question to me on them was whether Chris Paul wore them out. Um, he's worn out every team he's ever been with that clearly is not the case with them so to their credit I do think that the Dario Sarge Frank Kaminsky injury combo will eventually come together I know that sounds weird but their backup center they were able to play some stretch five and they've lost that ability they no longer have the personnel to, to spread five wide so they actually for us have become a decent matchup because um, they can't do what to us what they need to do and I think that's important um, Steph is A revolutionary player there's just like we still don't get it we still haven't realized how great he is um i think we might go back in time and really regret that we didn't quite get it because he's really changed the entire game uh his constant movement makes their entire team uh unguardable um he's not playing with particularly good players right draymond's really special but Like, he can't shoot. Like, he's really special. Don't misunderstand. But, like, the other guys he's playing with are not, like, right? They're not. Like, and he is making all of them into viable players. I haven't looked at it, PK, but it's worth taking a run at what's happened to players who leave Steph. I'll I'll bet just about anyone other than Durant, obviously, who leaves the Warriors, who's been a role player next to Steph and had success because of Steph, I would guess most of them aren't very good afterwards. Um, And then a really big personnel move mistake would be to be grabbing former Warriors. Now we're going to, maybe Eric Bashkos is going to fly in, but he played almost, he played without Steph almost all the time. Um, But I I think we're, we've still kind of underestimated Steph. And um, he's just changes everything. You can't guard him and you have to send two to him at all spots on the floor. And that just makes everything else so easy. And then they're really, really good defensively, which is um, a little surprising. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I missed on the Warriors. So um, it'd be nice for me to sit here and kind of say they're not quite right. I do think they're 29th in strength of schedule. So I think they're really, really good, but I don't know if they're this good. But I do think, you know what? I think the West standings, as they sit right now, almost are perfect. I think it's almost how it's going to finish. Okay, I think the six okay. non-playing teams are in. I think the four play-in teams are in. And I think the non-playoff teams are there. Like, I, I don't see a lot of shifting in the West, and I think everyone's within a seat or two of where they're going to be.
0: So, as far as the Jazz and obviously David Locke joining us, that, uh, doesn't, uh, do you have any concern about being third? I don't have any particular concern about them being third.
1: So, I think the idea that playoff seeding doesn't matter is a really ridiculous concept. Um, so, I do have concern. I don't have concern, but I do think playoff seeding really, really matters. For example, last year we had a first round playoff series where we would have won 10 out of 10 times. And there probably wasn't another matchup that we would have won more than six out of 10 times. So the same thing, I think this year, if you can get to one or two and play someone who's just come off the playing game and it might be the Lakers, frankly, um, I think it's a great advantage. So I do think playoff seating really matters. I do think home court really matters. Um, I'm not about to like, like, so yes, I think that those things are very, very important. Do I have a concern? Um, Not about that. I I have some concerns. I, you know, we're not playing great. We don't have a good win yet. Um, Our our weaknesses that existed at the end of last year are still prevalent today. Um, Why they would go away, there's nothing that would have meant they would have, but can they in some way go away in the next, you know, can we be ready by game 70 is the question. Not really whether it doesn't really matter if we solve it by game 18. We're getting, the, the positive to me is we're getting tested every night at the things we're not good at. It's abundantly clear to me. That all 29 other teams studied the Utah Jazz in the offseason and tried to figure out what did they do, why were they 52 and 20? We we far exceeded what people would expect. What's Quinn running? How are they doing it? What makes them great? How do you deal with it? And it's in the clip. And then they got a blueprint from the Clippers, and everyone's doing the same thing to us almost every night, which just means. We don't look as good because people are perfectly prepared for us. I, I'm, I, I'm certain the teams. That's what the league does, right? They go study three or four teams in the offseason. you know, why every league's a copycat league. Same thing in the NFL. So that's abundantly clear to me that that has taken place. And so every night, teams are brilliantly prepared to handle us in every way, and we're having to learn how to deal with it. And it's going to be a great test for 50 games for us to try to be ready by game 70 and be better at this when we face the teams in the playoffs to do this to us.
0: Gotcha, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. we got to go. Enjoy the games. Uh, I guess two, two home games here against the same
1: team. It's kind of unusual. So Jake told me you were having breakfast and you needed time to be able to eat. Did I talk enough so that you could finish your breakfast?
0: The pancakes were
1: done. Okay, good. Glad. <laughs> and you should have had some bacon.
0: <laughs> and a little turkey later on today. And some jazz basketball tonight. That's my life. All right. That's David Locke. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate him joining us every Friday. And so uh, you told us that uh, Joe was a possibility. Is it going to happen?
2: Yep, 840.
0: 840. All right. Obviously, that's right around the corner. Stay with us. Joe Ingles coming up. On game day, the guy is as reliable as anybody person literally as any person in this business that i know i mean this guy is just amazing on game day he's showing up because obviously we didn't have the show yesterday with thanksgiving being the day off stay with us joe ingles coming up next 97
2: 1280 of the zone the new zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com.
0: Well, come join the Unrivaled Show at the new City Creek Cafe real location, November 30th from 3 to 6 p.m. Get your Cafe Real favorites now at City Creek Center. All right, Locke. Locke was just on, and he was waxing, giving us his thoughts on why some people get so caught up in the results of sports, and somebody like me doesn't. And he was talking about identity and he seeped into politics, didn't he? Uh oh. <laughs> I think that he was trying to make a point that uh, a certain uh, political party guy, uh, people find their identity in him. And that didn't sit well with some folks, did it not, Yak? Uh, no. <laughs> David. Now, his name is David. Wow. Locke is a complete lunatic idiot.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you for your take. Thank you for listening, first off.
0: Uh, yeah, I get it. And, and then I look on David. <laughs> David's, uh, you told me it was on Twitter, so I looked at it. And he's got uh, a retreat. The first thing I see, a retreat. Happy birthday to the best POTUS uh, Who's ready for okay. four more years? <laughs> and you know who that picture is of?
2: <laughs> Joe Biden?
0: No, it's Mr. <laughs> Mister Donald J. <laughs> so I think if you step back and take his point that, uh, that that person gave you an identity because he said what you believed, I think that was the point. Now, I don't think Locke is voting for David Donald J. anytime soon. I understand that. But I think that was his point. And certainly we take on uh, these uh, identities of our sports teams, and that's who we are. Uh, I mean, I was talking yesterday. It was funny. I was with a friend, and he was talking about, uh, man, there's no way they're losing. I think they win the Rose Bowl, and next year they're going to be in the playoff. And I said, do you realize after they lost to Oregon you wanted Kyle fired? So don't count last season because that doesn't really count. So basically, the last season, which is not last year, but the year before, you wanted him gone. Now you think that they're going to smoke everybody the rest of the way and they're going to make the playoff next year. You are the definition of a fan, but that's what fans are about, man. That's their identity, and it can be a little bit lunatic-y in that regard. All right, Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Joey Ingalls is coming to you on the Smart Rain guest S guest line. Best of State award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties to sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Joe Ingles, as reliable as ever, can't come on Thursdays because of Thanksgiving, so he's coming on as a game day. You can count on him for eight years Year strong joe good morning how does a great australian family living and working in america
3: celebrate thanksgiving i was gonna say i was fine to do radio yesterday it wasn't me, either <laughs> <laughs> um, no i mean yeah i was actually talking about it with uh so our assistant equipment manager is is our australian boomers equipment manager and, and he came over this year from from the Boomers, and he's he's our assistant here at the Jazz now, so we had him over yesterday and and some other friends and stuff, and he he was asking the same thing, like, have you always kind of gotten into it? Um, It's been weird, because obviously growing up in Australia, we we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but from the age of 17, I've had American teammates, so even when I was playing in Australia, my American teammates and their families were like, Hey, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving in obviously in Australia. Um, so yeah, I mean, for almost half my life or, or pretty much half my life, I've, I've celebrated Thanksgiving anyway. And even in Europe, having again, American teammates and then obviously now living here. So, um, it's not for us like, a, uh, <laughs> a massive, like we, if we didn't celebrate it, it wouldn't really bother me. Um, but we had oh we've obviously got some some pretty good friends here in in Utah that are American too and yeah had a few people over yesterday and um yeah had some food and hung out and I guess did what you guys normally do.
0: So you watched football?
3: No, I didn't do that. <laughs> um watched the kids play with their toys. But My American buddy had the football on for a little bit, but I watched about one pass, and then I was like, yeah, I would rather watch the kids.
0: Okay, So, obviously, you're a proud Australian. You've said that many times over. But in a sense, do you consider yourself at least to a degree some form of multicultural?
3: Um, No. I mean, I consider myself very, very Australian. Um, And again, obviously, like you said, very proud to be Australian, but I have been very lucky, I guess, to, to be able to live and experience different cultures and foods and countries and people. And um, I mean, even before playing professionally with like junior Australian teams and stuff like that, we would travel all over the world to Europe and play in little tournaments and, and whatnot here and there. So, I mean, from... I mean, as much as early as I can remember, like 13, 14, 15, I'd been traveling to Europe and and obviously the States and um, obviously later in in my life and career, kind of playing in in Israel, Barcelona and and all these places. And um, very, I mean, people always ask, like, do you wish you went to college and like went in the draft and potentially got drafted? And I was like, yeah, it would have been. I mean, no, I would have been, if I did that, that experience would have been great and uh, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. But my journey and my story and, and all that that got me to, to where I am now was, was pretty fun. Like I can't, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Is there times like during it that I was frustrated and maybe wished I did another route and figured out a way to get to the NBA before turning 27? But um, obviously now looking back and... and I've been very lucky. Um, what what Bass was obviously giving me not not just in terms of financially, but the, the, like I said, the countries I've lived in, the people I've met, um, some of my close probably my closest group of friends outside of my Australian friends is is my about four or five teammates I played with in, in Israel, and we still talk every day to this point. One of them works for us, um, so yeah, there things like that 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 I, I yeah I, I wouldn't change for anything.
0: So when you made that decision at 17 not to go to college and some of your contemporaries like Mills and other guys yeah. did, and we still see that today, and then the one kid that you played the other day, Giddy, who looks like he's going to be a star, by the way. I mean, just a young kid. He will be, he's yeah. He's got all, all sorts of talent. So he's he's followed your path, although he didn't go the European route. He was good enough to come right to the NBA. When you were making that decision, was the goal to get in the NBA and you thought that was the way to go?
3: Um, I mean, it's funny honestly, cause I say, because I... I mean, I've said it before, obviously, but the, the, the NBA thing to me was just so, so far away. Um, I, again, grew up in Adelaide and, and wanted to play for the local team, Adelaide 36ers, and I wanted to play for Australia, and they were my only two thoughts growing up. Like, I'd never even... I didn't have, like, pay TV when I was growing up, so I couldn't watch highlights or games. Obviously, social media wasn't social media back then. You couldn't nearly watch a whole game on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Um, So just, I don't know, it just seemed so far away. And and as I got older, um, I mean, like you said about, about Giddy as well, like, at his age, him deciding to play in the NBL was to prepare himself for the draft. My decision to play in the NBL was because I hated school and didn't want to go to college. Mine had nothing to do with thinking it would prepare me for the NBA. Um, looking back, did like did it help prepare me? Probably, because I, I did start playing against men and all that at 17. Um, probably prepared me more for Europe at the time, um, and then Europe preparing me for, for the NBA. But um, we, we were obviously myself and and josh were in such different but he always talks about or has talked about kind of looking up to me and trying to mold his or parts of his game after me it's like dude you are so much better than i was at, at that age like we yeah did we take the same path yes um and he played in adelaide my hometown which who i wanted to play for um but the comparison of like how much better he is is not even close like it I think he's 19 or maybe just turned 20 now. Like I was, there's no way in any lifetime or world I would be doing what he was doing in, or is doing in the NBA. So, um, yeah, my my decision was, was purely, well, not purely, but I, I, I didn't want to go to school, even though probably half the kids at college don't really do school. Um, <laughs> it, it was purely to play. like I'd wanted to play in the NBL my whole life, and and I obviously had an opportunity and and ran with it.
0: All right, so, but do you think that if you had gone to college, I mean, there's no way of knowing, do you think it would have turned out differently? Because I'm guessing if eventually, if you had the talent to get to the NBA, you were going to get
3: to the NBA, no matter what route you took. Yeah, I I have thought about it before. I I haven't, like, dove too much into it because it's obviously, like you said, like there's just no way of really knowing. And um, the only two schools I, when I say consider, it's not like I was close to deciding to go there, but the only two that were like half intriguing was obviously St. Mary's because of all the Australian connection. And um, actually Baylor was the other one that I was like, um I think it's the same coach now. Scott Drew was was there or has been there forever and and was trying to get me to go there. And I would have actually played with Epe if I'd went at that time, which would have been funny, but um, like a few conversations with them, but it was just, yeah, I just never. And who knows, like if I'd gone and played the way I played in the NBL against guys my own age, like I obviously felt like I probably could have done a bit better than what I did in the NBL playing against guys my own age. Um, After seeing what I did my first whatever, two, three years there. But like you said, you, you just never know. And, and even back to the, the giddy situation of, of going to the NBL, like when I played in the NBL, I think, I think Bogart maybe, I think it was just was, or maybe a couple other guys, but there was the, the number of Australians in the NBA was so small. Um, the NBL wasn't what it is now in terms of the Next Stars program and the, the, the young kids skipping college to go to the NBL. Um, so my decision was not like this is this is going to prepare me for the NBL uh, for the NBA um, where obviously now like is Terrence Ferguson and Tory Craig and and obviously Giddy and for sure missing a few other names but these guys are going to the NBL. The decision is purely to prepare them for the NBA where obviously mine was was nothing to do with that.
0: Right, right. So basically now Australians to the NBA through Australia, that door has been basically blown wide open.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just such a realistic, uh, I think, the the Next Stars program they've got where you can bring over a pre-college or whatever that age is, 17-, 18-year-old kid, and um, they make pretty good money. They obviously get to live in Australia during the summer. Obviously, the, the language barrier isn't there. Culturally, obviously, Different, but very similar in, in, in a lot of things. Um, and then, uh, like I said, the guys that had, had done it in, in previous, the, the first couple of people that tried it out were, were very successful and got drafted. And, um, I think now, uh, and, and even obviously most recently with, with Giddy and the experience he's got, and then obviously he comes over and like you said, he, his first, whatever, 20 games have been pretty unreal. sort saw a stat yesterday, he, him... LeBron and LaMelo are the only three players in history to have over 100 rebounds and 100 assists in their first 18 or 20 games or whatever the, the games number was. So um, I think the NBL keeps proving that it's a league that you can go to and, and get better and, and then obviously come over. Tory Craig, completely different where he was out of college and all that and just went there because it was the job that was available and, and ended yeah. up getting to the NBA the year after. So... Lots of different ways to, to do it, but obviously I, I think it's a, a hell of a way to, to, to be able to get over to the NBA now with, obviously, like I said, all those positives with, with the country and the the language and the food and and all that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good path to go if you, you want to do that way.
0: Since we're totally playing the what-if game with Joe Wingles, how about this? Now, you guys, and I'm going to mean you guys, I mean your family, your wife, and your children certainly you and your wife leading the way you guys have ingratiated yourself into the utah life and basically you've made a deep dive and for someone who's only going to be here a relatively short span of time if you break it down over a 80 or 90 year period however long you live you've certainly dug some deep roots if do you think if you would have gone to whatever city in the nba fill in the city do you think you would have had this much of a connection like you've had here in Salt Lake, in the state of Utah? Um,
3: it's tough. Obviously, the, the part of the city, and, and, I guess the flip side of it, them embracing me from day one, um, even though they were all frustrated, I would never shoot my first year, but, um, kind of embracing me, and, and what I brought to the team, originally, obviously, they only knew me as a, as a basketball that didn't shoot in my first year. um, but embracing, obviously, me and, and, and then Renee um, as we got kind of comfortable here. Um, the flip side of, of the other side of it with me, obviously, this is who I am. Like, I, I, I like to give myself to, obviously, the community here, the, the people, um, try and do as much as we can. Obviously, I would have tried to do as much as I could have done wherever I lived if it was in the MBL store or in Europe or, or wherever it is um, obviously eight years in we're heavily connected here in in more ways than just basketball uh, basketball is probably like one of the least things that I'm obviously I'm I'm here because of that but the the connections we've made in terms of not only friends but the the work we've done in the community and stuff like that like this this place is, is obviously very special um, and, it, and it will always be, regardless of when my time is up here. Um, it, it'll always be somewhere we come back and visit. We'll bring the kids back. Um, I I think the the connection part as well is it's so much like my minus the, the snow, um, it's so much like my hometown in Adelaide, um, even junior who's our equipment manager from australia the first time he he stays downtown the first time he drove up to my house he was like oh it's like driving the t place tea tree gully in in my hometown it's like when you drive driving up foothill it, it looks exactly the same as what it does to driving to this place in adelaide i'm like yeah it's very similar so obviously that makes it a lot easier um or made it a lot easier originally but um yeah i mean the, the connections we've got here is is way beyond basketball the the, the stuff we've done with the, the community is something that we are obviously very proud of, um, and like I said, even I mean, regardless of when it is, whether it's this year, next year, in five years' time, um, we'll always come back and visit. There's no no way I'd ever stop doing stuff in the community. Whether I live in another city in America or in Australia, I'm mean, going to always try and um, try and help Salt Lake City, help Utah. Um, uh, I mean, in whatever way I can. So um, yeah, it's t- obviously tough to answer. I, I, like I said, I would have kind of dove into whatever city I was living in, um but obviously the the give back as well from from Utah, from the jazz, from the the people here, from you guys, everyone has has made it a lot easier to give myself to the community as much as we have.
0: At the weird situation with uh, two ball games at home against the same team, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say that this must win. Uh, you know, we're still in November. Let's not lose sight of that. But uh, there's been a level of inconsistency, and I, I'm, I'm expecting, and I've said this, like I'm expecting like a 17 and three streak over 20 games, and what level, whatever it might be. Do you feel a sense of urgency to maybe get some more consistent winning?
3: For sure. Um... I mean, we obviously get stats and numbers and, and watch film and do all that all the time, and um, it's funny when you look at the number. Coach actually asked me in a film session one day what what I thought we were ranked offensively, and I said probably like middle of the pack. Like like you said, we'd we'd played some really good games, and we'd play like the other end of really good, um, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, I said like oh you know like 10 to 15 or something somewhere in the middle of the pack and, and we were ranked one we or one or two or something I think maybe at the time and I, I think still to, to this day we're we're ranked extremely high offensively maybe even still one and um, on the other end of the floor half court defense we are ranked really high as well in the half court but in transition we've been horrible so um it's like, yeah, that, that funny kind of line of, of trying to figure out what we can do to be more consistent. And like I said, obviously, we get we get a lot of stats and numbers and all that and get told that this is good and this is bad. And, and for us right now, I think the the consistency part is, it is key because if we can... Well, when you've got such a good half-court defense and obviously offensively, we know what we can do. Um, if we can stop teams running on us in transition which is obviously what teams are trying to do because they know how good our half court defense is um and obviously to, to date so far in the first 20 games of the year whatever we are um that's been working for teams they've been running and it's and it's been a, an effective thing so um for us we, we know there's little bits and pieces i think offensively even without shooting the ball, as a as a collective group, probably as well as we know we can, and we are still be being able to get some wins. And um, again, obviously with the transition defense and turnovers and stuff, I think offensive rebounding too is something that we can we can tighten up. Um, obviously, our record is is decent. I actually don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's <laughs> we're, we're we're up there somewhere. Um, if we can tighten up those few little things and then start shooting the ball at a level that we know we can. Like you said, I, I feel like that we can go on a go on a run, but obviously that is on us and, and we have to kind of control the controllables in terms of not turning the ball over or, or boxing out and, and running back in transition defense. And again, for us, defense is, is where it's at and where we, we know we can be really good. And the other end is very easy for us. We've got so many talented guys and, and so many options that, um, it's almost like pick pick who you want to put your weakest defender on because the four of our guards are still going to be able to make a make a play or, or an impact either way. So um, yeah, we, we definitely need some more consistency and and like you said, I, I think it'll come with with a little bit more focus and just getting locked in on those little things of, of boxing out and running back and stuff like that.
0: Well, I can never tell you how to play Joe, but what I can tell you is do not throw in an in an Verdant elbow into the face of Isaiah Stewart. Okay,
3: I would never, ever, <laughs> ever do that.
0: Did you see that dude yeah. go after LeBron like that?
3: Yeah, he was. Uh, he wasn't happy. It was almost like he. Um, we were talking, like when when you see your own blood, and you, like, you. Know, you're, that's when he. It looked like he he flipped when that, because originally he, I mean, if he wanted to do whatever he was intending to do. He could have done it right away, and then obviously they got broken up, and I think LeBron tried to apologize or, or whatever, and then it was like the next moment he saw the blood dripping from his face, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad." Uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously glad nothing happens at the end of the day.
0: All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on, and uh, go get a couple of wins this weekend.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, that is Joe Ingles coming on, making his usual appearance that he always does. The guy is big-time money. Uh, obviously, we were off yesterday, uh, but he still comes on once a week. And do you want to go to the game tonight? Yack are you telling me we've got free tickets available?
2: We have a pair of tickets to give away right now to a lucky caller.
0: Caller 12, is that what they're doing? What's the phone number? Yeah, caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. That's
2: 855-340-9663. Caller 12, we'll get a pair of tickets to tonight's game between the Jazz and the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, and we got to tell you also, there you go. Get free tickets to the game tonight. See the Jazz play. The Pelicans, i got to tell you, coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders all season long is brought to you by America First Credit Union the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. All right, man, stay with us. More to come, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.